0: Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing alright. Doing good. Uh What have you been playing in the last week or so?
1: I've been bouncing around a lot of things. Um I got uh more time in with Medieval Dynasty, uh like I talked about a couple weeks ago. I'm still of the same opinion. It's got a ton of potential. It's just, it's super early beta, so, you know, don't expect too much out of it. Uh, because it is October, I re-downloaded Seven Days to Die because I just did a new alpha, which, I'm sorry, by the time you get to alpha 19, just call the damn game done. Wow. I mean, yeah. do updates and all, I don't care. You know, I'm always more for updates, but, you know, I bought the game when it was an alpha 7, you know, and it was very alpha even at
0: 7, so... Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah. Uh, I'm a, i remember doing did i do a let's play of that like three years ago or something or like a twitch stream uh, i think i did um no like a first impressions video it's probably on the website if i if i did do it um yeah i remember it was in wasn't in a great state even at that point um so yeah it's been an interesting kind of road for that game so mm-hmm. uh, anyway what else you played
1: uh I did get like I said a couple weeks ago I did get back into Fallout 76. I got to uh, level 50, which was kind of like a weird goal that I had at one point. Um I did play some of the uh Wastelanders. It's not bad. I mean, it's very banal and generic cuz they kind of had to rush that out super early. Um outside of that, I'm trying to think. I mean, I've just been bouncing around games. I've been playing I played a little Minecraft Dungeons because I was curious what that looked like. Uh, that's part mm-hmm. of Game Pass. I played um, Streets of Rage 4 for a little bit. That was part of Game Pass. Um, just, just Really, I'm just kind of trying everything since I don't really have anything big <laughs> <cyber phone laughs> to really occupy me right now. I'm just bouncing around a few things. Well, Although I have heard that you can play Gears Tactics now if you do the update. So I might
0: check that out. Okay. What about uh, Star Wars Squadrons? Have you not got that?
1: Not really, no. I mean, it's one of those things that I'm kind of waiting to see um, how it plays out, because from what I've heard, it's like super, super short story, and the multiplayer is like the big focus of the game, so I just want to, uh, you know, let that flesh out, and then see where it goes from there, so.
0: Cool. Uh, Well, it's about time for me to talk about Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, um... Just just brilliant. Um, I think one of this game's best qualities... Because this game's got a lot of good stuff going for it. One of the best qualities I personally like about this game is... It clearly pays respect to the original trilogy. It takes a lot of ideas from the original trilogy. But it doesn't feel like a sort of... Uh, living off the Crash Bandicoot name. It very much implements its own new ideas. Which very, very much fit into core mold of what Crash Bandicoot needs to be and uh, sort of like fits into the fits into sort of style of that Uh, there's a couple of particular moments and some of the music from the original trilogy which has been remixed into the game that fits in really really well Uh, I can just sort of tell as I'm playing it that uh, Toys for Bob the developers for the game uh, just have a lot of respect for the the franchise and they know Clash Clash, they know Crash uh clearly very well and they sort of took, you know, the, the ideas of the original trilogy but the are very much simple, you know, go through this corridor style level, uh either from left to right or mainly forwards. Um, you know, destroying your boxes, uh, you know, TNT crates, nitro crates, they they're all in there as as they kind of originally are. Uh but implementing like these new style of boxes, ones that can like go on fire. Um, th- putting, I think it's four new masks, four new masks kind of into the game but they fit into very specific levels, things like slowing down time, uh, phasing objects kind of in and out of existence sort of thing Uh then you've got the, what's the other one, one where you can like permanently spin as Crash uh, which isn't overpowered, it, it it's put into very sort of delicate levels as well Uh, Because you can almost use it to kind of glide. To me what they've kind of done there is they've taken the Tornado spin from Crash Bandicoot 3. Made it into a mask that only fits in certain situations. And kind of put that in there in their own way. And I appreciate what they've done there. And um, one of the other qualities of the game as well. The cutscenes are just a delight to watch. They clearly know um not not just gameplay wise but like the the soul of the character of Crash which I know I've talked about quite a few times but there's really something very specific about his attitude that you need to get right in terms of uh, making him making him fun and goofy but not like stupid um you know he he makes you know mistakes and and kind of falls into traps and and whatever but um yeah just just very much that kind of goofiness of him as well and uh that's that's been really really great so o- overall i'm i'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it uh, the one not, it's not even really an issue or problem that i have it's more just sort of a block point of the game this game is really really difficult at certain points now i don't think it's as difficult as crash bandicoot 1 that's a particular like different type of difficult if you know what i mean where with crash bandicoot one it was very much you know you get one single jump you get one spin you can't run or slide or anything so this is sort of like taking what two and three did and pushing the difficulty level up but still to the point of where like okay if i fully concentrate and like Look at the boxes in front of me and try to try to think about. Okay, I can jump on this one, then maybe slide under that and jump there, and then spin that box or whatever. If you if you are really thinking about what you're doing, kind of a little bit before you do it, you'll 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 get on with it fairly well, or at least I have, uh, I guess. Um, but there are there are some particular parts of the game to where like, okay, this is just crazy, kind of difficult. Um, but the other thing as well, I guess, is because with the original three games, I sort of knew some of the levels. With Crash Four being like completely all brand new stuff, you don't know, especially if you're going, if especially if you're going on a level that's left to right or right to left, you don't know what's going to come up or what, what boxes are going to be where or like what enemies are going to be facing what way. So it's kind of the case where like okay, your first time through the game, where you have no idea what's going to come up. It's a case of sort of. Like, if you die and then you think, oh yeah, okay, that box is there, that enemy's there, I need to, like, jump on that or spin that or do, or do whatever. And you can kind of plan as you go through. Um, I, have, I have slowly gotten better at the game as, as I've gone through. There was a few particular um, ice kind of levels and stuff that... Um, it, it's funny sometimes with the ice levels because sometimes you can kind of use the ice to your advantage a little bit and other times it will completely get in your way. And what I mean by that is sometimes where you need to propel Crash Forward a little bit more. For like an extra jump or to to, to reach something. You can kind of like use the speed of sliding along the um, ice. And then sort of slide and jump with that. And kind of go through the level that way and stuff. But uh, yeah overall I'm having a fantastic time with it. It is one of them games though that I can play it for about two hours or so but it it doesn't feel like a game to me that i could like marathon for a whole day just because it would get to that frustrating kind of point to where you i i do feel like at certain points i need i need a bit of a break from it and like you know go and shoot some people on call of duty or go and watch a tv show or just just take a little bit of a break for like a couple of hours or you know do some promotion stuff for entertainment talk or whatever the case and then just go back to it like a couple of hours later kind of go in in a sort of refreshed mood I, i guess um and go back in. So uh, any thoughts on anything I said, I guess?
1: No, I mean, like I've always said, it's not a game that's in my wheelhouse, but I'm always a fan of people really enjoying something that they have that nostalgia memory for. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's always a real risk. When you go back to a game like that is that they do it wrong, but apparently they're doing it right, which is always a good thing. Um, Outside of that, I mean, like I've always said, you know, more of what you love
0: is never a bad thing. Mhm. Yeah, one one of the things that's kind of putting the game into like a good kind of space for me is just that sort of feeling of care from the developers like okay, you made this game, you care about this property very clearly. Like Activision does as well, and I don't feel like this game is trying to well there is no microtransactions period. There's no there's no microtransactions or loot boxes or battle passes or anything like that. So I don't feel like I've got my uh, cash grabbed from me, or that like this game is just generic and buggy and terrible or whatever. Um, I can't actually recall any bugs or glitches that I've had yet. I'm trying to think. No. I can't think of it. I haven't got like stuck in a box or something weird like that. Um, I haven't really seen anybody post any sort of glitches or, or bugs online either, which is, you know the state that you should launch your game in where it's got absolutely yeah you know to, to a playable acceptable sort of state uh like I, I understand you know some games come out and there's oh there's two or three little things wrong here there's you know you, you might clip into this wall a little bit that sort of thing that's that's okay um you know as long as your game's not just a broken mess at launch i suppose so uh yeah overall i'm just i'm really really quite happy with it so um in terms of how far i've kind of got in it uh, for those that have kind of played it would know obviously what I'm talking about. You get different sort of um, dimensional maps. And I've done about five of them I want to say. Um, I'm up to the, I don't know if it's the end of the game. But I am up to the first Cortex boss fight. Uh, that's the exact next level that I'm that I'm on. Um, but uh, I don't think it's the end. Of, usually with Crash Bandicoot game a Cortex boss fight would be the end of the game. Um, But there's some games... I mean, I haven't played as Cortex yet, either. Um, I haven't played as... No, I've done one level as Dingo Dial. Um, What's the other one? Yeah, there's even the the, the Dino Dash level from the demo. I haven't actually come across that yet. Uh, So I think there's probably still a couple of maps to go. Um, Actually, there's one Mask as well that I don't think that I've gotten yet, either. Um pretty sure I'm, d- I'm just trying to sort of work out where i'm in in the game but uh yeah that's that's the point that i'm at basically uh dingo dial which is one of the other levels that i did was uh pretty fun interesting little sort of change of pace there uh the tawana level was was quite good uh tawana does play more in line to how crash plays than what dingo dial does um i did play a couple of levels as coco basically all the all the levels that are playable as crash you can just switch over to coco uh so i played a couple of levels as her so yeah overall just really really enjoying it and uh I'll probably talk about it again next week so there's that um played a bit more call of duty today um that's still going good still having some fun uh with friends and and that sort of thing um it will just I don't think it'll ever get tiring when that that 3 or 5 seconds of time when you shoot an enemy and they're either moaning or swearing or like, oh, he's you know, got me or, or whatever. I'll never get over how funny that is. And it will always be pretty much a different person every time. So it will always be like a different experience. But, um, yeah, just yeah, the feeling of winning in that game is uh, is pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the other thing that I played? Did I did play a small portion of uh, the Tony Hawk remake. Uh, one and two. I got sent that from Boomerang. Uh, pretty good. I did a little. Uh, spent a little bit of time in the you know the warehouse mm-hmm. level from uh, the first. I think it's from the first Tony Hawk. Uh, went into that for a little bit, just sort of you know skated about and had had some fun. That was good. Uh, did play a little bit of speaking of Star Wars. Uh, is it Star Wars Squadrons? That's what it's called, isn't it? Mhm. Yeah. Uh, played a little bit of that in VR. It's quite good, but like. When it got to the point of okay, you can barrel roll. <laughs> that didn't uh, like I'm I'm not someone who gets like nauseous really easily or sort of dizzy uh, quite easily. I mean, I just played the the full playthrough of you know Iron Man VR and I'm flying around and jumping around and and all that sort of stuff in that. So I can I can handle that. But it was when I was flying around and then it said about doing barrel rolls and I felt like I was gonna I don't know fall over or something. Um, so I'm gonna go back to that at some point. I was just kind of dipping into Tony Hawk and. Uh, star wars squadrons just to see what they were like and that sort of thing so yeah that's pretty much what i've been playing at the moment uh let's move into some housekeeping uh see you for that in a minute hey there i'm aaron holman host of eye to eye a weekly podcast talk show all about passion i
1: have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire
0: around me with performing there's always a story to tell whether it's my own or not creativity i
1: go he's more
0: than cute he's creative all with an lgbt twist Make sure to check out Eye to Eye,
1: that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe
0: on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. all right recently on entertainment talk what have we got for you here uh the walking dead is back let me just scroll down the website a little bit the walking dead is back for uh the season 10 uh, episode 16 season finale the one that was delayed because it wasn't quite finished because of covid and that sort of thing uh so me and david talked about that there will be six bonus episodes for uh season 10 so it is the season finale still there's just six sort of Bonus episodes coming at some point. I think they're supposed to be coming out in February. Uh, They have actually started production on those at the moment. And then I think they're going to aim to start production on season 11 of Walking Dead. uh, Some point early next year for October next year. Uh, So we talked about that. We also talked about the brand new start of the spin-off series. uh, Which is called The Walking Dead. Uh, World Beyond it's basically about these uh, teenage kind of characters and stuff there's adult characters in there as well Um, but very much sort of focusing on that Uh, for those of you that want to know that is available on Amazon Prime uh, in in the UK if you want to go and watch that and of course the main shows on uh, AMC and Fox all of them all three of the shows including Fear are on AMC in... US and then uh, Fear is on the AMC thing over here or the season pass thing that I get you can get as well Walking Dead World Beyond on Amazon and Walking Dead the main show is on Fox so just sort of clear that up but Walking Dead World Beyond season 1 episode 1 we cover today and The Walking Dead season 10 episode 16 we cover today so uh, you can have a look out for both of those Uh, Becoming Heisenberg the Breaking Bad podcast is still continuing uh, season 1 episode 5 this week we've got two more episodes left For the season and then we're going to try and arrange to do a uh, feedback podcast of sorts because we scheduled the episodes and we're not getting feedback, well we are getting feedback in real time but we've already recorded the episodes for the season so uh, we're going to wait for all the episodes all the podcasts to come out which will only be a couple more weeks and then uh, we'll do some sort of feedback episode for that. At the end, uh, United cast, Man United lost 6-1 at home to Tottenham Hotspur, Uh, I am reading out the correct score, it's not a typo, it's just unbelievably bad, Uh, so I talked about that, talked about some transfer talk, we did sign uh, Edison Cavani, Alex Tellez, uh, Peleski I think his name was, and Diallo from uh, different clubs, and had previously signed uh, Donny van der Beek, might sound like some good business in terms of the amount of players I just named, but it's not quite enough, uh, which might sound surprising, but that's just the way that football is. Uh, so I talked about that, and Manchester United's very, very disappointing performance against Tottenham, losing six-one at home as well. So there's that. There is now a break with the club football, which I think I need at the moment. So uh, we'll be playing Newcastle. I think it's on the sixteenth, sorry, the seventeenth or the twentieth or something like that. Uh, of october so that will be back soon speaking of Crush bandicoot 4 uh, another let's play sunday's episode this is the last one from the demo uh levels this is the third and final one from that and it's the cortex level as well so you can have a look at that if you want to diabolical seven for the boys at season two episode seven was last week's episode uh the penultimate one for the season uh, i believe robert me and you are going to do the season finale podcast on saturday That's what we Mm -hmm. arranged? Yeah. Uh, So so don't look out for the uh, podcast on Fridays when it usually gets posted. We're going to do that at some point uh, on Saturday. So look out for the season finale um, podcast on Saturday. That will be for Season 2, Episode 8 of The Boys as well. So there's that. And uh, a couple of other things. Uh, Don't skip review for Stargirl Season 1 that we did last week. Um, So you can check that out. Stargirl is available on the CW, DC Universe and HBO Max in the US. And it's available on Amazon Prime in the UK as well and lastly, uh, last week on Gaming Talk we talked about uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season 6 the Xbox Series X and S and the PS5 pre-orders and Amazon's new game streaming service called Amazon Luna is uh, in the works I guess we could call that so uh, that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move into some news Alright, uh, would you like to go first this week? Uh, no, you can go ahead and go first. Cool, alright. Um. So the first thing we've got here is there has been announced to be a Resident Evil movie reboot in the works. Uh. This isn't connected to the Netflix TV show that's also in the works, but that's listed here as well in the article. So I'm just going to read out what I've got in front of me. The new film will be led by a uh, Skins star, Kaya um, Skodlario, who was in that film called Crawl that came out last year as well, the uh, crocodile horror sort of film that came out. Uh, she's been in some other stuff as well, but most notably uh, Skins on uh, E4 in the UK. Uh, she's going to be playing C- uh, Claire Redfield, Hannah john Cammon, um as Jill Valentine, and Robbie Amell, which some of you know from Arrow in The Flash, the Arrow, Arrowverse and stuff. He's going to be playing... Chris Redfield, uh, Resident Evil will also star Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker, Neil Mc, um, McDo? Mc, McDo, McDonough. Uh the guy from the other guy from Arrow as well. He played um, the villain in uh, season four. Uh, he's going to be playing as William Birkin, and you've also got Ava Jogia as uh, Leon S. Kennedy. Uh, The only one that I don't really know in there is Ava, Ava, sorry, Avan uh, Jogia as Leon S. Kennedy. I couldn't manage to find a photo of him particularly. But um, any thoughts on this uh, particular cast? Got Robbie Uh, and I don't hate
1: it. I mean, I'm not really that invested in the uh, Resident Evil franchise, either the games or the movies. I think I played the original Resident Evil on Dreamcast back in the day. I don't remember if I've ever played any of the other ones, and I don't think I've seen any of the movies from start to finish. I've seen, like, parts of this and parts of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Robbie Ml. I mean, I'm glad he's getting work. Um, Was he in that? Outside um, of that? Was he in that
0: Upload TV show?
1: Yeah, he was in that Upload show on Amazon. That show needed a better edit of the script. It wasn't bad, it just needed an, a script edit, so... Did that, did that get renewed?
0: I can't remember. I don't know. Okay. I haven't seen anything yet. All right. uh, yeah, I think he's going to do alright as Chris. Um, the big standout to me is Kaya Skodlario as Claire Redfield. She's probably the most unknown one in here, I, I, I feel like. Uh, she also did do the um, Maze Runner films, which I never got around to finishing watching. I had the second and the third one to watch. Uh I think she's going to do really really well in this role and uh you know when you you know when you know a sort of actor or actress that's sort of not lower level but that not many people sort of know them they've been in a couple of big things here or there but they're not really in the spotlight. I'd like Kaya to get enough work to the point where she is like a really really kind of big star because one because I think she's good enough and I want to see her in more stuff. And two, I think, because obviously she deserves it. Because again, she's she's really good in in the different roles that she does. Um, I think this will be good for her as well to to get involved with that. Uh, that should be pretty good. I think Hannah uh, John K- Carmen um, is that the actress that played Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp? Because her picture was listed. Um, yeah, she played see. Ghost. Yeah, yeah, that actress. She was in that show that Bex really likes. So that I can't remember the name of. It was on Sci-Fi. What was that uh, called? Killjoys. Killjoys. Yeah, she was the like the lead in that. So she's picking up a couple of uh, roles as well. Uh, I quite like her. She's she's pretty good. Um, was she in something else that I saw recently? Uh, oh, oh yeah, she she was of... in that uh, Stranger on Netflix, which I didn't finish either. But um, yeah, she was. Uh, I think she was the stranger in the TV show called Stranger um, on Netflix, which I don't think that got renewed either, but um, yeah, that's her as well uh, Neil from uh, Arrow I think you know who I'm talking about, don't you? He played um, Damien Dark mm-hmm. in uh, Arrow, he's going to be uh, Will- Neil McDonough yeah, he's going to be William Birkin um, he's quite a good actor, he's been in quite a few different things he obviously had, uh, he was in some parts of uh, the most recent season of Legends of Tomorrow um, and he was an Arrow and some other things as well so um, he could be quite good so uh, yeah that's the initial kind of cast Um Johannes Roberts will write and direct Resident Evil which promises to be faithful to the uh, Capcom survival video games uh, Roberts says the story is set in 1998 on one night in uh, Raccoon City and there's a quote here listed uh, with this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying, visceral experience I had when I when I first played them. Whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small, uh, dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences, uh, Roberts told Deadline. The previous six. Resident Evil films were written and directed by Paul W S. Anderson and grossed uh one point two billion at the worldwide box office, so just a bit of information on that. Um yeah, I like what he's what he's uh kind of saying here about um you know, wanting to go back to kind of the some of the more grounded kind of original games and less less of sort of what Resident Evil like five and six did, I guess, and more sort of uh the the ...a bit more of the grounded horror of what some of the you know 1, 2 and 3 sort of did as well. Uh, which is quite good to me. Uh, it's good that they've played the games as well and they, they have that sort of um, earlier life experience I think is good. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how this works out. It's probably going to be a while before we see anything because they've only just casted the thing. So uh, we'll see how it goes down. We also do have of course a TV series based on the game. is also in the works at Netflix which will feature eight one hour long episodes written by Andrew Dabb and led by Broen Hughes as the executive producer so we've got that to look forward to in uh, where, again whenever that sort of happens so there's that um, Got some. Jo- uh, the next thing that we've got is uh, some game award nominations for The Last of Us Part 2 So, they did do the Golden Joystick Awards, and they have some nominations that came out. Last of Us 2 was nominated for PlayStation Game of the Year, Best Storytelling, Best Audio, Best Visual Design, and Best Studio, of course, for uh, Naughty Dog itself. There was a bunch of other games nominated. I did see uh, Gustav Tsushima was nominated for a few different things. I think Sucker Punch was nominated for uh, Best Studio as well, and then, of course, you got probably the usual stuff in, like, multiplayer categories and that sort of thing. Um... Yeah, so I think that's uh, that's pretty good as well. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Lost of Us being nominated for some stuff? It's
1: not really a prize. I mean, the game came out like Gangbusters. Yeah, everybody was playing it to a point, and uh, so yeah, it's not really a shock on that end. Um, everybody knew that it was going to get uh, you know Game of the Year
0: contention. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to talk a little bit later about uh, some small like uh. uh game of the year uh, award predictions so we'll talk about that as well Um, the next thing we got is the PS5 launch games that have been listed, this comes from IGN so just in case you weren't necessarily clear about what is and isn't launching on the PlayStation 5 these are the launch games that are going to be available uh, when it comes out, so the first party ones that we got is uh, Astro's Playroom so these are first-party ones. Sorry, Astro's Playroom, Demon Souls the remaster or remake, whatever they're labelling that as, uh, Destruction All Stars, Marvel's Spider-Man remastered, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, and then Sackboy: A Big Event, A Big Adventure. Third-party ones that we've got uh, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, Call of Duty: Black Ops Cold War, November Thirteenth, Man-Eater, which is that shark game that people really liked as well. Uh, NBA 2K21, The Pathless, Devil May Cry Special Edition, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, which is probably the next Destiny expansion, Observer, System, Redux, Godfall, Fortnite, obviously, and uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, What do you think of their launch lineup here? Uh,
1: I find it a little disingenuous to call it a launch lineup because it's not like those games aren't going to be available on the PS4. Uh. Um, I so mean, no, obviously yeah. the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition is exclusive to the PS5, but that—that's a clusterfuck for another story. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's cool that they're saying launch lineup. Um, and it's cool that they're going to have you know games that they can confirm will play on the PS5. But you know, outside of that, it's not like they're. It's not like any of them are exclusive to the PS5. It's not like any of them aren't going to be a ps4 or mm-hmm. on uh well they with the exception of spider-man or not on any other console so
0: yeah there's a comment from uh f- f- someone on facebook that i want to bring into this equation uh because i thought i thought this was quite a good comment to make and i wanted to just sort of bring it in here this comes from uh, i'm not going to read his full name out because i don't have permission to do that but this comes from a guy called kevin in the podcast unlocked facebook group Uh, Not sure if you saw this, it did have a hundred comments on it, so I'm sure some people saw it on there. Seems like every day, PlayStation announces some sort of head-scratching news. Today, it's the complicated way to change the SSD, but it just doesn't matter. PlayStation has and will continue to dominate the news cycle. Why? Games. Until Xbox starts releasing must-play games, this will continue to be true. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, because we were kind of talking about, you know, some probably some Game Pass stuff, and I said about, uh, I think PlayStation will just continue to succeed, kind of regardless of like all this backwards compatibility stuff, or how well the console sort of works, it will, I think, continue to, at least, uh, I don't know about beat Xbox, but definitely con- uh, continue to succeed, as long as they've still got the games there, I think Kevin's completely correct here, and I completely agree with him, um, at the end of the day, I think even if Xbox has got this really great ecosystem set up of you know backwards compatibility, Game Car, uh, Game Pass, and then you know some well not really decent games of gold, but uh, aside from that, um, really good stuff going on with Game Pass and backwards compatibility and the ecosystem's really good and Xbox Live itself is a lot lot better than PSN just loading times wise is a lot better um the Xbox Series X looks like a good uh, console like performance wise but and I know this is kind of a, a subjective thing because yeah if if you do prefer you know Halo Gears of War Grounded state of decay or whatever over you know Uncharted Last of Us God of War Spider-Man if you prefer those games then you're going to go with Xbox but in terms of, like the blockbuster games that have been successful, I just think PlayStation just continues to beat Xbox, and I do think that Kevin here is right about um, what, he's say, what he's saying. Basically, I, I agree with them. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with him to a point. Now, with all the studios that Microsoft owns, they could very easily, you know, reverse that trend if they wanted to. I mean, imagine no more Bethesda games coming out on PlayStation. Imagine no more, you know, id games, anything else, um, if they want to go down that route. They obviously see more value in backwards compatibility and with, uh, you know, having systems that, you know, having games that can play on multiple systems. And you got to kind of be really careful with that because if you remember, you know, during the PS3 era, There was a lot of um, uh, studios that Sony bought exclusively to have a game exclusive on them. And those studios died because they couldn't make enough sales being exclusive to the console. They couldn't make enough sales with the games themselves. Now, with Microsoft, that's a little different because it can be exclusive to microsoft but it can be on pc and on xbox mm-hmm. so there is a little bit more wiggle room for that really it's just going to kind of depend on microsoft and uh, phil spencer and how aggressive they want to be with these are on our platforms
0: only yeah i suppose the other question to ask is yes xbox has got i think it's 23 studios mm-hmm. now if let's say in let's say we go forward a few years let's say 2022 2023 and xbox studios releases six games and playstation comes out with three let's say just just an overall not critical consensus but like user-based consensus and and critical consensus if those three games for sony um let's just let's just say for a random example it's spider-man 2 god of war uh whatever the second one's going to be called not Ragnarok whatever the next one maybe after that would be um and then let's say like Horizon Forbidden West or something let's say those games come out and they're just really really well received they sell really really well and the Xbox comes out with six other games let's say two of them are Bethesda games let's say it's uh the, the new Elder Scrolls and uh Starfield and then the other four are I don't know Gizable Six, Halo Infinite or something, and then two other games. I I still I think it could maybe get to a point there where it it would end up being that Microsoft goes for quantity over quality potentially, and Sony's looking at like okay we've got lesser like fewer exclusives releasing per year, but they're really really good and they like win awards and sell really well and that sort of stuff so. I think you could potentially go down that route as well, um, but again, we won't know how this will all work out until a couple more years. You know, when when these when these Bethesda games start to come out again, and when uh, Sony starts to come out with new uh, exclusives again in in like a couple of years. Yeah, it, when 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 like we're in the full swing of the sort of next generation, and um, Sony games are sort of coming out again, and then these twenty three or whatever studios are firing off different games. And when we're in the full swing of that, how that kind of plays out. So we won't know how that's going to play out for at least maybe a couple of years. But I think that could potentially be another route that things go down. So uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I went ahead and did a quick little internet search. These are all the studios that Microsoft owns that aren't going to be, that weren't already like exclusively on the platform. So you got Arcane Studios, which has uh, Dishonored, Deathloop and Prey. Bethesda, obviously, with the Fallout and Skyrim series. Uh, Compulsion Games, which does Contrast and We Have a Few. id uh, Software, obviously, with Doom, Wolf of Quake, and Rage. In Exile, they do the Wasteland and Bar's Tales. Um, Mojang, obviously, Minecraft. Uh, Ninja Theory, which does Devil May Cry and Hellblade. Obsidian, which is doing Outer Worlds, Fallout New Vegas, and Grounded. Um, Tango Games, which did the Evil Within... Uh, the initiative, which is you know hasn't come up with anything yet, but I'm sure they will. Um, uh, World's Edge, which is uh developed Age of Empires, and then Zenimax, which does uh, Fallout 76, which is an online game, and Elder Scrolls, which is an online game, and so you can kind of see mm-hmm. that a lot of those could be like blockbusters. You know, there's a lot of potential. Now, whether they not they do that or not, you know, don't know. And whether or not Sony just just like mine and doesn't put anything on PlayStation, we won't know until the time comes. Uh, Phil Spencer in an interview did say that they were going to do that as a case by case basis. So hmm. it might be their exclusive forever. It might be their exclusive for the first six months or a year, like they did with the one Tomb Raider game. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that you just never know.
0: Yeah. So, we'll see. But I I do think Kevin's right about that. But, again, none of us really have... None of us really know the answer to that until some point later. So, uh, last piece of news I've got is a a slightly older one. But let me scroll through... There it is. Found it. Alright, so, uh, Oddworld New and Tasty, which is the remaster of the first Abe game... Has got a release date for Switch. Now it's been out on uh, Playstation 4 and Xbox One. I think it's on PC. I'm not completely sure. I don't really pay attention to PC. Because you often find whenever whenever I'm about to talk about a release date. I just always say I don't know about PC. But just check on Steam or Epic Games. Uh, Oddworld New and Tasty. The remaster of the first game. Is going to be available for Nintendo Switch. On October Twenty-second to twenty-seventh. Sorry, uh, October twenty-seventh for Oddworld: New and Tasty. So look out for that. Uh, the remaster of the first game. They're currently doing the remaster, sort of, or what they're more in, in line with, with what they originally wanted to do with uh, Soulstorm. Uh, of course, this is also from the uh, Oddworld team as well. Um, so yeah, look out for that as well. And if, of course, you do have a uh, PS4 or an Xbox One, you can play that game already on there. Um, I don't know if it's on Game Pass, I don't think it is, but uh, you can check the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store. Uh, so that's everything that I've got this week. Um, what did you want to talk about today? Uh,
1: well, we got a couple of stories from uh, Cyberpunk. Obviously, it was announced that it officially went gold, which is a good thing. It means they're going to be coming out soon. And they also announced that they were going to be doing a uh, crunch for getting the game out And this, uh, somebody, Jason Schreier, you know, spurred out on Twitter about this.
0: Ah, Jason Schreier.
1: Yeah. There's a few things in context. Uh, It's not like, you know,
0: 60, 70,
1: 80 hours a week crunch for that. Um, So it's literally just one extra day a week for six weeks. I've worked... Two separate jobs in two completely different industries where I've had to work sixty-hour weeks for six straight months—that's a crunch. What they're doing is just a final bug squash. And second, and this is why I love uh, CD Projekt Red. Um, the uh, head of the studio, Adam Bardowski, took full responsibility for it. He said, "This was completely on me. I take full." Uh, where is it? This is one of the hardest decisions I've had to make, but everyone is well compensated for their extra hours they put in. And like in recent years, 10% of the annual profit for our company generates in 2020 will be split directly among the team. And they're on track to make $500 million in profit, so 10% of that's $50 million split between the team. Yeah, they're they're getting paid for it. I mean, it's not like they're killing themselves for nothing. They are... Putting a little bit more work in, and they are going to get a fat paycheck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this game's also going to sell incredibly well, as well. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, just a question from me is: this has been put. This isn't the first time that video game crunch or the crunch culture of video games has been pointed out. If you remember, yeah, back in 2018, the whole one hour, 100 hour, um. Work weeks, or *Red Dead Redemption 2 from uh, Rockstar. I almost said Naughty Dog uh, from Rockstar, and that was kind of moaned at. If you want to put it, if you want to put that into context, why is it that? Now, this is just from my perspective, because that's the only one I can talk to, or, or whatever. The, the only one I can sort of talk about. When you, I, I've heard quite often about quite brutal tv filming schedules now obviously not really as much in the in recent months cuz film uh, tv hasn't been able to get filmed but i've heard quite often about like walking dead schedules and riverdale schedules and uh things like flash and arrow and all the, all the, all these other different shows about these brutal um you know working hours and the the actors are you know signing up for, for these sort of things and they 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 know that it's going to be happening and everything um i never see that get called out i was like oh it's really bad these actors shouldn't be filming for that long but then when it comes to video games the moment it's like oh there's a little bit of extra crunch it's like oh that company's bad we should we should not support the game we should we should we should uh boycott red dead redemption 2 and cyberpunk and i just i just don't really understand where the uh difference comes in there. There's two. It's two different examples of the same thing, which is people working for a long period of time. Uh, whether it's someone in TV that's filming for a long time, or somebody that's at a desk, either coding something or designing something or whatever. There's lots of different jobs in the in the gaming industry. Um, I just don't know. I just don't understand why it's always gaming that gets the finger pointed at it when. Uh, this this happens with TV as well, and I never see anyone sort of say like, "Oh, Walking Dead shouldn't shouldn't uh, film that much," or "Oh, R- Riverdale should like calm down on their on their filming." Like, "Oh, they work they're working slightly too much," and I just uh, I personally don't really understand that. So, yeah.
1: Well, I think with TV and film, part of it might just be the dollar amounts involved because for established, right. but I'm talking about know, like working hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. for established talent, they. Uh... They get paid pretty well. Um, obviously, I'm more concerned with with things like that for like the crew, you know, for the the people that are camera operators and people that do other things. So they're the ones that really kind of have to suffer under that. Um, but sometimes with like TV movie schedules, a lot of it's dependent on like lighting, time of year, depending on what they're going for. Are they set? Are they outdoors? Do they have to have like pyrotechnics? Mm-hmm. And especially with like heavy makeup stuff, that takes, that's like five hours. Yeah. In some cases. Mm -hmm. Like, watch one of those videos where they, you know, do a time lapse of people getting into makeup for a character.
0: And it's, that's a lot of work that they have to do. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit, um,. I don't actually know what the right word is to use, but I I'm not really liking the way Jason's been reporting on things in the last couple of year in the last couple of years, because uh, I saw the headline that he put out about this because he works for is it Bloomberg now. He doesn't work at mm. Kotaku anymore, does he? I think he went over to Bloomberg, and just the way he wrote about these hours at CD Projekt Red was as if like CD Projekt Red had committed a crime. Mm-hmm. And it was it just just uh, just the way he'd written it is like oh you know it's this is really really awful. And then you've got Colin who um you know Colin Moriarty from Sacred Symbols who said like look this will be on these developers' resumes. That's what you call them over there, don't you? We call them CVs over here. Mm-hmm. I Like your, your work history and stuff. And like that's a phenomenal thing to have on there because this, this is a game that will sell millions and they'll get massive massive bonuses. That's the positive way to look at this. I just didn't understand the way that Jason was writing about this, as if like, as if CD Projekt Red was running some sort of like concentration camp and like they were forcing their workers to be there or something. It's just, I don't know. It's very strange. Just seems like he's he was a little bit out for blood, in a way. Yeah. Um. So like, I don't have any personal hatred towards Jason. He doesn't even know me or anything. But uh, just just the way he's been reporting on certain things, um, just seems like he's uh. I don't know, a little bit angry. So yeah. Uh do you have any thoughts on Jason Schreier? Like his uh, reporting and things like that?
1: Well, I don't follow him on Twitter. I don't really know him all that well. Um I only vaguely know of him. But I agree with you in that his reporting I wouldn't call it the most accurate in terms of context. Mm. Um but outside of that, I I try not to, you know, care too much about things like that.
0: So Yeah. Uh the other thing, he, he always comes across extremely big-headed as well um and i don't really like that when someone when anyone really does that uh like i i get it like okay if you know your stuff and you're like okay this thing like i know it's happening or whatever um but he just yeah just just the way he comes across sometimes is is not very uh healthy or very good so again i don't hate him i don't have any personal problems against him just uh just his style of sort of work i'm uh not a particular fan of so Uh, There we go. Um, But yeah, you happy with uh, Gone Gold and all all that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Like I said, I I hope that uh, the Series X gets in stock enough to the point to where I can christen it with uh,
0: Cyberpunk. Mm. Good game to christen it with. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, look out for that. What's the date for that again? November 10th?
1: November 10th is when the console launches. I'm not anticipating
0: having... 17th? Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember. Uh, But look out for Cyberpunk uh, next month. So there we go. Uh, Let's move on from that. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, some serious weirdness happened
1: online the other day. Uh, There was (laughs) a uh, a VicStar Warzone event tournament. And uh, two streamers that I had not heard of uh, called Crim6 and Nadeshot.
0: Call of Duty Warzone? Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Vicstar was the company or whoever that was putting it on. Mm -hmm. And anyway, crim 6 and Nadeshot got teamed up with Dr. Disrespect. And so they had him on voice chat for part of it. And literally that same day, Twitch updated their terms of service to prevent him from being on Twitch. Wow. So I don't know. We still don't know really what happened. Um, Doc's kind of hinted at it on his uh, YouTube stream. Um, But here's the the new update for Twitch. It says, We've updated our guidance in the community guidelines to clarify our policies around suspension evasion. We understand that there may be instances where suspended users appear on your stream due to circumstances beyond your control, but we expect you to make a good-faith effort to remove them from your broadcast, mute them, or otherwise limit their interactions with your stream. So, yeah, they are still...
0: It's like in this weird, butthurt zone they, of, of Doctor Disrespect. They might as well have they might as well have had a little paragraph in there that said, if Doctor Disrespect is in your game, please do not let him play with you. Like this, it, it's, it seems like that's what they're trying to do. So, mm-hmm. in, in a way of saying, that, okay, he's not streaming on Twitch, but he's joined you in your game, and you're streaming on Twitch, and his audio voice chat is on your Twitch stream, but he's not specifically streaming. So they may as well just put a little thing in there of like okay if if Dr disrespect is in there mute him or try to minimalize him um just just what seems like that so yeah uh, again i'm not really in the you know in the know of like what's kind of going on with twitch but uh seems a little bit like that so uh, and i just want to kind of maintain as well that until we actually know what he did i'm not going to judge him in any way cuz i i mean what are we even judging him off we don't we don't actually yeah. know so Yes, and, a and when he
1: was on his YouTube stream he kind of hinted that they got rid of him so they could afford to bring back Ninja and Shroud obviously there's no way to prove that obviously he didn't say that directly because I'm pretty sure he's in the process of suing them I don't there's right, been nothing announced stuff, yeah. but you gotta figure he's at least talking to a lawyer going over his Twitch contract because he did sign an exclusive contract with Twitch mm-hmm. um and so we don't know you know what that entailed what you know what was allowed what was not allowed things like that um so we don't know anything and i'm sure he's got a lawyer going over it and i'm sure at some point we'll have a news article saying that he's filed a lawsuit um and again wherever that goes that just depends on the contract so
0: yeah we'll see how it plays out but uh the plot thickens and gets more interesting so, yep there we go all right, what else you got today?
1: Well, speaking of the plot thickening and just like, you know, <laughs> chalk it up to twenty twenty. Um, if you like watching your favorite uh, WWE superstars play games on Twitch, that might not happen for a while, according to Wrestling Incorporated and Pro Wrestling Insider. World Wrestling Entertainment will assume control and take ownership of all superstars' accounts over the next month, with talent still re- talent receiving a portion. Of the revenue, so they're not even going to keep what they're making from Twitch; they're just going to keep part of it. Um, mm. This is only for active wrestlers who use their wrestling name. Obviously, retired wrestlers um, who, who are going under their, you know, name on their birth certificate doesn't really apply to that. But it's kind of weird when you think about it because this is, you know, people in their free time doing this stuff. But yet, um, you know, the corporation that they work for is coming in and saying, mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really follow any WWE superstars, period, whether it be on Twitch or anywhere, literally. Um, I've not watched any WWE for a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but quite a long time. Um... Yeah, Twitch seems to be in this weird space where they want uh, very much to take ownership control of of different things, like we literally just talked about with uh, Dr. Disrespect and uh, what's going on there. So, I don't know. uh, We'll see how that plays out as well. But uh, what do you think?
1: It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, just Mm. because
0: these are people doing
1: this on their own time, on their own channel, obviously, Um, past that. Just kind of weird.
0: So. All right, what else you got today?
1: Oh, uh, well, if you're a PC VR player, then you're going to be happy with this. Uh, Microsoft announced that its flight simulator VR beta is going to be starting soon. Uh, they don't have an official date on it yet, at least not according to the article that I have, but soon you got to figure since this game just came out, they're going to want to get that done sooner rather than later. Yep. um i don't do vr at all i just don't like you know the the cumbersomeness of it or anything like that but i i know that people love this game it's uh
0: very popular and it should be uh something to see mm-hmm. yeah i've seen a few different youtubers that i follow playing uh flight simulator uh hollow is uh one particular guy um who i found through call of duty videos and uh some other stuff he, he plays a lot of different variety of games and uh flight simulate was one of them and um yeah so uh, vr would be fantastic for something like that um you know just to get the the visual I, I i know i've said i don't care about graphics necessarily but just the visuals of looking over a city and uh, that sort of thing i think could be could be really good um look, looking at a view is different to like the quality of graphics in the game but obviously they they kind of go hand in hand a bit i think you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um but yeah vr could be great for that i mean you know i'm playing a flight game kind of at the moment in vr and although i almost uh kind of f- fell over a little bit because of the barrel roll that i tried to do um it's uh it's it's a lot more appealing to me now at the moment if if someone says like hey do you want to play this flight this particular flight game um Putting on a, a VR headset, I think, is a, an ideal way to kind of go forward with that. Just, just in terms of immersion as well, I think, is uh, is quite good. Which is one of the biggest qualities of, of VR as well, to kind of put yourself in your character's head or foot, I guess you could say, um, is uh, quite good as well. But uh, what do you think of this?
1: Yeah, it's. I'm in the pro- process of downloading the game on my PC. It's a big download, and it does a big update when you do it. So... Hmm. Um, Where but have we heard that, that before? <laughs> yeah, never, ever, anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll am i be checking it out here soon, so I definitely want to try it. Cool, nice. Uh, what else you got to talk about today? Uh, well, the uh, official 1.1 update for Ghost of Tsushima has been announced and will be out next Friday on October 16th. Uh, Sucker Punch shared details about the incoming content in a PlayStation blog post. The Ghost of Tsushima Legend is a co-op mode that features two-player story missions as well as four-player survival missions with a raid game type coming, quote, in the weeks following the launch. Uh, Once you've installed the 1.1 update, you'll need to download the Legends unlock from the store. Obviously, you'll need to have an active PlayStation Plus subscription with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure what all is involved, um, but I can't wait to try it out. Uh, Hopefully... I mean, I know you returned the game already, so hopefully yeah. I can find someone that's on my friends
0: list that has it as well, because I definitely want to check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, as well, a little side note, if you want to know what me and Robert think of the game, we did do a, re- a review for uh, Ghost of Tsushima. What was that, a couple of weeks ago? I think we did. About, we, yeah, we two, three that. weeks. Yeah. Just search for uh, Ghost of Tsushima on the website or click on Video Game Reviews, and uh should be the newest one there, actually, because it's the most recent video game review that we've done. Um... Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed my time with uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I don't think it's an excellent game. I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's a very good game. Um, you know, I had my problems with it here and there, but overall it was a good experience. Um, it's not a game I particularly intend to return to or platinum or do anything particular with. Uh, you know, but like 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 we kind of said before with the, with the multiplayer mode, if it's a game you're really, really into and you want to kind of play it with your friends and stuff, uh, this will be a good... Uh, Update for that as well. So, um, but everybody knows where uh, I sit at the moment in terms of uh, multiplayer stuff. Uh, that that little Call of Duty shooting game. So, uh, which somebody told me this week has got an update this week, and uh, they said that that was supposed to be on Tuesday. That hasn't actually happened. So, um, yeah, it just uh, makes me a little bit nervous when I'm playing Call of Duty and someone says to me, "Oh, Matt, there's a, there's an update coming out soon." I think, "Oh God!" <laughs> but um. Yeah, but hopefully those of you that want to enjoy uh, the update for Ghost of Tsushima, uh, look out for it, you said, next Friday, 17th of... uh, 16th. 16th, sorry, of October. So look out um, for that. Cool. Uh, What else did you want to talk about today?
1: Uh, Well, the last thing I had is that Sony, on their uh, uh, PlayStation blog and their YouTube channel... Released a complete teardown of the PS5. Mm. Uh, The video is featured by Yasuhiro Otori, who is the vice president of mechanical design department of Sony Interactive. Basically, takes it from you know complete on you know completely done you know with the stand and everything, and then just tears every bit of it down. Now Uh, I we talked a little bit about this offline.
0: Um, Did you get a chance to actually watch the video? I didn't get a chance to see it, but I did see some photos of, uh, like, the side of it and uh, the cooling fan and some other different parts to it, so. Mm-hmm. Well, as confirmed, the
1: thing is friggin' huge. I mean, this is yeah. about the size of the dude's chest. Now, granted, I don't know how big he is, but still, it's yeah. a big... Just to say it's that a...
0: sentence gives you an idea of how kind yeah. of big it is, you know.
1: And the thing that fascinated me most about that and the teardown was they didn't acknowledge the big problem with the PS4. They just touted the fixes in the PS5. Specifically, when he's doing the initial teardown, the two white uh, side panels completely come off, and that doesn't, you know, avoid the warranty because that's how you add in the uh, extra storage. But they also touted the two dirt traps. And how you can just take that side panel off and then vacuum out those dirt traps, because if you have a PS4 where the fan just starts spinning like mad and makes a god awful noise, mm-hmm. odds are the uh, cooling fans are all clogged up with dust. So they didn't acknowledge, yeah, that's why that's all doing that is because we didn't design the airflow great and dust is getting trapped. <laughs> hey, here's how you uh, clean out the dust traps in our new
0: PS5. Hmm. Yeah interesting way to go about that so uh but you know at the end of the day if they kind of if they've managed to fix that problem and that's not as much of an issue uh that's a pretty good thing um as i've said before with my playstation i think because mine's a little bit newer uh mine i got mine in 2017 i think 2016 so it's not it's not too old um mine doesn't make mine doesn't sound like a helicopter when I uh, play demanding games and and that sort of thing on it, so uh, I guess I'm I'm, I'm kind of lucky with that. But yeah, hopefully those that have had the problem uh, will be able to uh, resolve it with this. Um, yeah, I'm still kind of I I sort of look at my entertainment center, I guess is what people call it, every couple of days and think like, okay, I'm gonna I'm I guess I'm I think I'm gonna move my PS3 away. Um, I'm still gonna like keep it because there's still games I'm gonna maybe play on it one day. Um I think i 'm gonna move my xbox one to where the p s three is and then put the p s four where the xbox one is and then put the p s five where the p s four was if that makes sense so kinda of shift everything upwards yeah. a little bit and then put the p s five where the four currently is. So.
1: And I'm starting to wonder how soon until we start seeing adverts on for online retailers like Amazon or IKEA, whatever, where you'll see a piece of like uh, furniture or something like that and it'll say design for PS five.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm cause... waiting for that. Yeah. It, it it in every single picture that I see it in, it does look pretty big. So yeah, got that to <laughs> look forward to, I guess. Um anything else you want to talk about with this? Nope, that's all I had, so Cool. Alright, let's get into some feedback and questions and that sort of thing. Uh, you can send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe concerns about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, e-talk uk. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Beth starts off and she says, Hey fellas, any thoughts on the possible Game of the Year contenders? It's usually five, question marks, she says. Uh, it's usually five, isn't it, I think? Like the actual Game mm-hmm. of the Year uh nominees so off the top of my head um i hope star wars fallen order gets nominated because i don't think that was actually eligible, ed- eligible last year because i think it came out a week before the nominations last year announced it was really really close and everyone kind of wondered mm-hmm. if it was if it was eligible so the nominees i'd go with now this isn't my five game of the years get games of the year this is just the the five that i think are going to get nominated uh so star wars jedi fallen order I think, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us 2, Animal Crossing, and what else could get? Uh, Cyberpunk, I think, as well. Um, Because, yeah, it'll be... The Game Awards are in December. Cyberpunk is coming out way before that in November, so that should be eligible. It depends when the nominations get announced as well. Um, But those are five games I can see getting nominated. And if, if Animal Crossing doesn't win... That I'm guessing it will probably win like family game or it, it it will win something, I think as well um what do you think the five contenders could be?
1: yeah, that's pretty much gonna be my fine fallen order um animal crossing, last of Us two ghosts and uh cyberpunk <laughs> i I'm sure that I'm sure a lot of games came out came out this year, but those are the five that I think could win it
0: hmm, yeah.
1: And I completely forgot that Animal Crossing came out this year. Yeah,
0: that was all the way back in March. So Yeah. And it sold really... I can't remember the last number I read, I think it was like ten million. Um Oh it's all insane numbers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's ten ten or sixteen million or something, but it's done really, really well, which is you mm-hmm. know, people enjoy it, so that's good. You'll probably get another one. So <laughs> look out for that. Um 'cause I think arguably the two the two biggest games that stick out to me this year is Last of Us Two and uh, Cyberpunk, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. like when we went into this year I think those are the two most anticipated Um, so yeah I think those will be the five nominations we've kind of talked about this next email a little bit but I just still want to read it out Uh, Ian says hey Robert uh, Cyberpunk has gone gold how do you feel Um, are you bothered about the CD Projekt Red um, crunch story which we sort of already talked about but um, any other feelings on the game
1: no, not really. Um, like I like I talk about in the article, it's not like um, when they they announced the crunch, they just said yeah, if they don't like it, they can go suck off or whatever. Um, they were like, the especially the CEO is just like, I didn't want to do this, but we kind of have to. It's not going to be a crazy amount of hours. You know, everybody's going to get a big fat bonus check at the end of the year. So, as crunches go, that one's pretty tame. Mm. Um, like I said before, I personally work 60 hour weeks for six months on two different jobs. That was kind of a crunch. Um, and, and I've worked a lot of crap jobs for a lot of crap pay. So, um, mm. obviously game design is tough. I mean, it's not physically demanding, but it's, you know, it is a skill and it is a skill that not everybody has. Yeah,
0: so, it's more of a mentally demanding job. Oh, absolutely. you, you, you got to think a lot uh, about a lot of yeah. different stuff. So, um, there's, I mean, yeah, you've got like, you know, manual, tough manual labor, which is one thing. And then you've got like very mentally demanding sort of jobs and that sort of stuff, yeah. which makes me laugh because not, not. And really. Sorry, go on. I said, and
1: really, anytime you're in any creative process, there's not a nine to five. You doing all your podcasts for entertainment talk, are you doing a 40 hour week for that? or Are you putting in like 60 or
0: 70? Um, different for different weeks depends yeah what i'm even doing so i mean i don't do a nine to five i mean it's half 11 at the moment so yeah <laughs> well
1: that's because yeah. we're five hours away so yeah
0: yeah um because i always have to podcast a little bit later for when uh it's with robert which uh i've obviously gotten used to at this point because we've been doing it for three or four years so mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah i i sometimes yeah do work past 5pm, sometimes I finish before 5pm um, I don't think I've ever started before 9am I can't remember a particular day when that's happened uh, I think the earliest I've gotten up for Entertainment Talk was when I did that Day of the Witcher podcast and I started because obviously I had, to, I had to watch the episodes first before I did any tech stuff anyway because um, I had to watch the episode in order to you know give my thoughts on the thing that I've seen Uh, And I started watching that at half past nine in the morning, which isn't early. Uh, I mean, normally Netflix seasons come out at like uh, 8 a.m. typically. Um, That's pretty much the earliest I remember starting. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so anyway, that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, Still lots of podcasts to to come out. Uh, Of course, like we said, me and Robert are going to be doing the boys uh, season finale on Saturday. Look out for the episode thursday night or friday morning whenever it comes out in your territory wherever you live um yeah that's what we got for you this week so thank you all very much for listening you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org lots of tv video video game films and uh well not films at the moment necessarily but tv video game and manchester United podcasts um i'm really glad actually that there's a club football break at the moment because we just got slaughtered six one um just take a quick look I just wanna just just do something really quickly. Just take a quick guess as to who's at the top of the Premier League at the moment. Just take a guess. Uh
1: Boris Johnson, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Alright, begin begin with E.
1: I honestly don't know any teams. I mean I legitimately am just a dumb American on that. I <laughs> I know Man U because it's been referenced in movies. Um outside of that i know nothing
0: okay everton top of the league at the moment so okay see yeah and aston villa are second because they beat liverpool 7-2 anyway uh yeah everything you can find that we've done on dot org. uh if you'd like to support the podcast and entertainment talk that would be really really good to continue to do that uh we are on patreon you can have a look at the one dollar and three dollar level tiers for instant ad-free podcast And review options as well. Amazon affiliate link. If you're buying stuff on Amazon. uh, We can get a small cut of what you spend. But it won't cost you extra. Uh, iTunes feeds. Please rate, review, subscribe to those. Uh, Make sure you get subscribed. So that you get sent new episodes. Just search for entertainment talk. And subscribe to the podcast feed. That you'd like to subscribe to, whether it be for individual shows or the main one, so you get all the episodes anyway. Uh, you can subscribe to that. You you can also find Geek Town on iTunes, run by David of course, GeekTown.co.uk. That's for your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news. Uh, Geek Town Radio's gets released on Tuesdays, and this week's episode is out and available to be listened to. So you can either find that by searching for entertainment, so by searching for Geek Town. On podcast services or by going to GeekTown.co.uk uh, If you'd like to check out Bex on Twitch. She's doing lots of fun, cool, geeky, chatter, gaming, all sorts of different stuff over on Twitch. Um, if you search for Trista Bytes, that's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, for Trista Bytes on Twitch. Go and follow her and get involved with all of that as well. Um, and uh, look out for Let's Play Sundays. I think that's everything. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.